Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Last week, we ended off by asking you to join us on this prayer journey for seven days, and I hope that you've actually done that because I was doing it, you know, the prayer with God. Help me to follow Jesus slowly and get to know Jesus deeply and to love people deeply. That was the essence of the prayer. Those are the exact words, but you can paraphrase it the way you want. And I hope that you've done that this week. I've been praying it this week, and it's really helped me slow down and actually pay attention to what's happening in front of us. And that's important because today, that's what we're going to be talking about. We're exploring that today. And so the title I have for you is this. In the moment. In the moment. So as I said last week, as people, we never seem to be comfortable where we are. Or at least, we're never content. It seems like we're always thinking about what's next. Where we have to be next, what we have to do next, where we have to get to. And so even though we are present here, our mind often goes ahead of us into a different place. Our bodies might be here, but our mind seems to have disconnected and taken a ride out of the place. We might be in church this morning, but your mind is probably on lunch, or what you're going to eat, or where you need to go. We should be listening to the message this morning, but you're thinking about that work email you should have sent or that text message you need to reply to. And this honestly happens to me a lot, because when I'm driving, sometimes my mind wanders off into a different place, and I get to my destination, and I realize I have no clue how I got here. Ever happened to you? And I thank God for His protection, because I don't know what I was doing on the road. So I'm grateful that God's protection, mercy, which means we need to pay attention to where we are. We need to be present to where we are. So it's so often in our life that we get distracted, we get pulled in different directions, and we end up in a disastrous situation. So it seems that we're always thinking about where to be next, and never present where we are in the moment. This happens again to Chanel and I. Chanel's talking to me, and I'm somewhere else. And she said, did you hear what I said? And I'm like, uh, yes. <laughs> because sometimes we tend to just drift. So if you are present here today, not just in body but in mind, say, I'm here. Are you here? Unfortunately, some of you won't be here very long. Because you might be physically here, but your mind, your attention, as I said, is probably off somewhere else. Because a little while after this, you're probably going, you know what, someone just texted me, I just need to reply. Or let me just check my Instagram feed because I don't want to miss out on what's happening around me. Because even though I'm here, I want to know what's happening out there. Because I need to know. I'm not comfortable till I know. Or maybe you're the person that's texting someone when you should be listening. Or you're sitting in a row and you go, that's a cute person sitting up there. How do I get to talk to them after service? 
you're like, I forgot to turn off the oven. We have all of these thoughts just rattling around in our heads. And so all those things get us distracted. So I'm glad you're here. And I hope that you're going to be here for the rest of this time together. There's always hope, right? So this series is all about talking about the ways of Jesus, not just the truth of Jesus. And the truth of Jesus is paramount. It's so amazing. And there's so much depth and knowledge and wisdom that comes from what Jesus talked about and what he said. But more than that, it's about how he lived. And so today we're, we're diving into how Jesus actually lived. How did he do life with the people around him? And how should we do life just like Jesus did? Because it's awesome to know about Jesus, but to live like Jesus is sometimes a challenge. So Jesus never rushed anywhere. You will never see a scripture that says Jesus ran. Jesus rushed because he always walked to where he's going because he was a master of time and managing the moment. And so there is a better way, the way that Jesus lived. One of the most striking qualities, of course, that Jesus was always present in every encounter and moment that he was with. Whatever person he met, he wasn't distracted. He didn't have undivided attention. He was always present. And I want to show you today some back-to-back -back encounters that Jesus had in his walk in life. And there's so many to mention, but today I'm just going to pick out a couple that actually are in relation to each other. And to demonstrate this, Jesus being in the moment, we turn to Luke's gospel. Luke, of course, as we said last week, was a Greek physician, and he investigated thoroughly who Jesus was. And he writes to his, his rich friend, Theophilus, Describing all the details of his investigation into the life and ministry of Jesus. And so this particular narrative that Luke's write in his letter to Theophilus describes Jesus' entry into, Jer into Jericho. Now Jericho, if you don't know anything about Jericho, Jericho was a Canaanite city that the children of Israel had conquered as they left Egypt and traveled into the promised land. And Jericho was an amazing city. It was an ancient city. Some say one of the earliest cities in history. But it was amazing because it had such great walls of protection. Walls that were so high and so wide, they say that chariots could run across it. But these walls were impenetrable. And the children of Israel, they traveling from Egypt, went really skilled in warfare, and they weren't able to get across or get through these walls. And they prayed to God, and God actually brought the walls of Jericho down. But this now is 1,400 years after that encounter, and Jesus is coming to Jericho. The walls, of course, have been built back up. And as Jesus walks into Jericho, a crowd begins to gather. Everywhere Jesus went, there were, he was always, you know, being pulled in different directions. And people wanted to touch him and see him and talk to him. And, and so there was a massive crowd gathering as Jesus was going to walk into this gate in Jericho. And so Luke tells us that there was this mini procession that was going. The disciples, of course, were leading this procession because they were trying to make way between the crowd so Jesus can get into the walls and get into the city through the gate uh, of the city. And so they were leading this procession. So Luke says, as Jesus approached Jericho, 
a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Now, Luke doesn't tell us this person's name, but in the other Gospels, they tell us that his name was Bartimaeus, and he was a blind beggar. And what happens at that time is there's no way for them to live or manage or live their livelihood. So people would take them to the gate of the city, leave them there, and they would have to beg from people coming in and out. Hopefully get something that they can sustain themselves with. What was amazing for Bartimaeus was that here was an opportunity for life transformation. Never in his existence had he had this opportunity that he had heard about this amazing person called Jesus who could do marvelous things, heal people, raise people from the dead, and give people their sight. And he recognized the moment that this was an opportunity that perhaps would never come again in his lifetime. And so he said, Jesus is passing by. So he said, here's my chance, here's my opportunity, and he begins to shout out. Luke says, he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. This is my chance, this is my opportunity, so I'm going to take it. But the disciples that were leading this procession in front of Jesus, they were having none of this. They didn't want this at all. Because Jesus had really important things to do. Jesus had places to get to. They were leading him down into the city. And they didn't have a chance to say and stop and, and pay attention to this beggar on the side of the street. Because no one else had paid attention to him. He is not part of society. He's on the fringes of society. And so they didn't want to talk to him. They didn't want to sit with him. They didn't want to have a conversation with him. And so they tried to just shut him up. Like, you shut up, beggar. Because we have this important person coming through. And we don't have time to stop and have a chat with you. We don't have time for Jesus to stop and talk to you. Because he's got more important things to do. Scriptures tell us that those who led the way rebuked him. And told him to be quiet. But he shouted at the moon. He's like, I'm not giving up. Don't tell me to shut up when my opportunity, my moment, my miracle is passing by. So he shouted even more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus has time for people. Even if other people don't. Even his disciples didn't want Jesus to stop. But Jesus, he values every life. Even the ones society rejects. Maybe you felt like that in your life. Where you're going through a season. And you're calling out to your friends. And you're trying to text someone. You're trying to get someone's attention. But their life is just too busy for them to stop and pay you attention. Life seems to be going on by. Everything around you seems to be going on. There's activity around you. But you're stuck and you're waiting. And you're saying someone turn to me and help me. Because I'm desperate. But the world just seems to be moving on. Maybe you felt that at a time in your life. When you were tired, when you were desperate, when you were alone. And you're calling out and none of your friends, none of your family 
wants to pay you attention. They say, you know what? You should get over it. You're taking too long. Fix your life yourself. Jesus, however, he cares for everyone. He cares for you. And whenever you call him, he hears. So Luke says, so in spite of the crowd, in spite of the commotion, in spite of all the people yelling and talking, Jesus heard his cry. And Jesus stops. Jesus hears your voice when you cry. In spite of all the world around you, in spite of every activity or commotion around you, but when you call out to him, he hears you. He never passes you by. This man, Bartimus, he will wanted a miracle. Maybe you want a miracle too. Jesus has time for miracles in every life. What do you want? What are you calling to Jesus for? What do you need? Call to him. He has and will pay you attention. Nothing is too small for his attention and nothing is too big for him to handle. Nothing is too small for his attention and nothing is too big for him to handle. Jesus stopped for a guy that no one else had time for. And Luke says, Jesus stopped and ordered that the man be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do? In spite of all the people around him, Jesus stopped and paid him attention. Undivided attention. He looked at him and he said, what do you want me to do? He wasn't distracted by the commotion. He wasn't distracted by the crowd. He wasn't distracted by people pulling him and, and calling out to him and doing all these things. He paid this one beggar that society rejected full attention. In that moment, Jesus gave him all of his attention. Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. I want you to pay close attention to that last part. When all the people saw it, they praised God. All the people around Jesus, the crowd around him, were amazed. They thought this is awesome, great miracle, amazing man. They gave God praise. And so Bartimus gets up and he begins to follow Jesus. Now Jesus walks through the gate of Jericho. And he enters the city. And Bartimus, who was a blind beggar, is now a follower. But Luke continues and he says, Jesus entered Jericho. And was passing through, talking about passing through the gate. Because he had somewhere to go. And as the crowd had gathered at this gate and seen what Jesus did with Bartimus, the crowd was so thick, there was a man 
by the name of Zacchaeus. And he was a chief tax collector and he was wealthy. And he was at the gate because that's where the tax collectors stayed. So when people came in, they would collect the tax. But Jesus was going through to what he wanted to do or whatever he's desiring to do or where he's going to. The disciples already knew they were making way for him. But Jesus already stopped for this blind beggar. And now he stops again. Because this man Zacchaeus, the scriptures tells us that he was a short man. He wasn't very tall. And so with all the crowd and all the commotion, he couldn't see over people. So he had a brilliant idea. Let me climb a tree. And there was a sycamore tree standing right there. So he scaled this tree so he could get a better view of all what was happening. Because he wanted to see Jesus as well. But he couldn't make his way through the crowd. He was a tax collector. He was despised by the people because he was an agent of Rome that was oppressing the Israelites. And what he would do is that he would collect taxes from people, but he would take more than was necessary because that's how he maintained himself. So he would take a potion and he'd send a potion to Rome and he'd keep the rest to himself. And that's how he became wealthy because he was stealing from his own people. And you can imagine that the people around him despised him and hated him and didn't want anything to do with him because he was more than a traitor because he betrayed his people. Jesus stops again. He stops for this beggar this blind beggar that people rejected, but he stops for this wealthy tax collector as well, who was not loved by his people, not embraced by his people, but he stops in the middle of a crowd, and in spite of all that was going on, Jesus saw Zacchaeus. Luke says that he stopped and said to Zacchaeus, I'm going to come to your house today for lunch. The same crowd that was with him just a few steps ago that was just giving God praise and seeing how marvelous of a miracle this was. Luke says, all the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. How quickly people's affections change. Not even much further. The same crowd that was praising God and celebrating this miracle now turns pity quickly because Jesus decided to go to this hated person's house. And they began to mutter about Jesus. They began to complain about him. The same crowd a few moments ago that were amazed to see this miracle of a blind man being healed turned on him so quickly. How quickly do we turn when God doesn't do what we ask him to do when we want him to do it? How quickly do our affections for him and his provision change when we expect him to do something and he doesn't do it the way we want him to do it? We can have a great day. We can come to church. Someone says something to us that offend us. We're, we're upset. 
We go to work. We're having a great day. This day is going to be awesome. I heard a great message on Sunday. I'm going to have an amazing week. You walk in. Someone gives you a dirty look. Your whole week goes down. Our affections change so quickly. They didn't approve of Jesus' decision to go to this person's house, this most hated person's house. But Jesus, Jesus doesn't play favorites. He's not trying to impress the political elite or even the common man. Jesus cares for people. He sees people. He doesn't see position and place and authority and wealth. He just sees people. And this man, he was lonely. He was despised. People hated him. No one wanted to hang around with him. And so he was ostracized from the society. Same way that the beggar was, but in a different way. But he was just as lonely. And Jesus stops. Zacchaeus was hated and rejected and alone. But Jesus sees the condition of his heart. And he stops. Even when the people around him don't approve and despise his actions. Because Jesus is not trying to impress people. He sees broken hearts. Zacchaeus at that moment, they have a conversation. Zacchaeus comes to repentance. He says, you know, Jesus, I've been living the wrong way. I've been doing things the wrong way. I'm going to repay what I've taken. In fact, I'll give back more than what I took. And again, Jesus pays him attention. He stops. He has a conversation. Jesus' full attention is on him. And I love what Jesus says. This is what Jesus says. Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house. Because this man too is a son of Abraham. Do you see? Jesus sees a man, a person in need. That society rejected, but he says, he too is a son. You might not like him. You might think that he's done horrible things, but he's yet a son. You are a son. You are a daughter. He says, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. This man is just as important as the beggar on the street. You are important to God. You might think that people overlook you, people reject you, people don't love you. But let me tell you today that God sees you, God loves you, He's going to stop for you, He's going to give you attention because He sees you. And maybe you need to hear this today as well. Today, salvation has come to your house. Today, love has come to your house. Today, life has come to your house. Jesus is always present in the moment. He always gives us full attention to what's happening before him. He is where his feet are. Oftentimes, we are not where our feet are. I want to be like that, don't you? Because the reality is that I am not like that. I am distracted even in conversations. When I'm having a conversation with someone, I'm looking at something else. I'm thinking about someone else. But I want to be present. I want to be, give the person in front of me the full attention for that moment. Because that person is important. And I fail at that a lot of times. But I want to be present where my feet are. And I think you do too. 
not just for moments that are great and happy, but fully present in all moments of my life, even the annoying ones, happy ones, great ones, and even the sad ones, because every moment matters in your life. And sometimes we miss moments that are important, and when it's gone, we can never get it back. Important moments that come by, we miss because we're distracted by something else or someone else, a text, a message, television. There are moments that we sometimes complain about. Because you know what? This moment is taking too long. This moment is not interesting. This moment doesn't have any significance. It's just too small. We want to rush through them as fast as possible, especially the uncomfortable ones, the, the ones that we think are annoying or, or we don't want to be in because it takes too long. But then we come to the realization about something important. We complain today about the moments we'll miss tomorrow. We'll complain today about moments and we'll miss them tomorrow. Spending time with your loved one talking to someone important, calling someone that is important to you. Are you still here? Because statistically, they tell us that some of us, some of you are already lost. You're not lost. They've lost attention. A Harvard study said 47% of the time, your mind isn't where your feet are. 47% of the time. Your mind isn't where your feet are. Your mind goes to stupid things. I'm trying to sleep, and my mind says, you know what? You forgot that text message. It's like, what if you didn't lock the front door, you know? You're like, shut up, mind. I want to rest. And then he wakes me up in the middle of the night. He goes, the water's on. <laughs> your mind does crazy things. But did you know what our number one distraction is? Anyone know what it is? Exactly. It is our mobile devices. And the same study says that a person touches their phone 267 times a day on average. 2,617 times a day on average. Some of you that are tech geniuses know already that your phone can tell you how many times you picked it up. That's already on your phone. You just need to find it. In fact, I tried to look up mine, and it's, uh, I looked at mine that was the highest day, and it said that I picked up my phone 110 times on Friday. And I thought that was a lot. 110 times? Extreme users, the top 10 percentage, because remember, that's an average. The top 10 percentage pick up their phones 5,400 times a day. That is crazy. That is insane. That's insanity. That's sick. <laughs> that, that's an bordering on obsession. 5,400 times? That's what's consuming our life, right? But if we're not wasting time on our phone, we play mind games with ourselves. Mind games like, when this happens, then I'll do this. The when-then game, right? You played it. All of us played. We are experts at it. It's like, when I get out of college or university, then I'll do this. When I finish my course, 
then I'll get a good job. When I'm ready to settle down, then I'll find a good person. When I'm married, I'll be responsible. When I have kids, I'll take them to the park. When I have kids, I learn how to change diapers, nappies. When I get to a better house, then I'll save money. When I go on holiday, then I'll learn to relax. When I'm not so busy with my kids, then I'll have time to spend with you. And sooner or later, years go by, and we haven't done anything. We get through life or we go through life wishing away the current moment. Because what that game does is it puts you in the future. It doesn't allow you to pay attention in the moment. Because you're off thinking about when and if. Then we change to the what if games. We play that too. What if I don't pass my test? What's going to happen then? What if... I don't get a good job in life. What if I don't get into the right school? What if I have a horrible boss? What if the economy goes bad tomorrow? What if I get COVID tomorrow? What if I can't afford my mortgage? What if my spouse leaves me? Again, we play games. When we finish with the when-then game, we go to the what-if game. And we spend an inordinate amount of time imagining us in situations that we might or might not end up with, but we don't be present in the moment. See, Jesus says in Matthew, therefore don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. He's not saying, telling you not to plan for life. He's just telling you not to worry about it. Doesn't mean you can't plan. You can plan. But he's saying, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow's worries are already there waiting for you to arrive. You don't need to take today's worries into tomorrow's worries. I'm being sarcastic, but he says, don't worry about life. Don't worry about things that are out of your control. Here's important, what's important. Why don't we live in the moment? Is it because we have a lack of faith? Have you ever considered that? The only way that you can be present in the moment is to surrender the past you can't change and trust God with a future we can't control. The only way we can be present in the moment is to surrender a past that's totally out of our control. We can't do anything about it. It's done. It's gone with. We can't change it. And to trust God with a future that we can't control either. We're trying to possess both ends of the spectrum, trying to control our past and change what it is and control our future, but we can't, we don't have control any either way. All we can control is where we are now and in the moment. And who's in front of you? The most important moment in your life is right now. That's important because where you are is important. The presence of God is right here with us right now. Do you sense it? Do you feel it? Do you know he's with you? Or are you thinking about something else somewhere else? Because God's here right now. Are you? Don't let your mind take you away or you're going to miss it. You're going to miss this moment. And this is the most important moment because it's happening right now. 
Some of us, we have moments that we wish we could get back, right? Moments that we think, I wish I could do, do that again. I wish I could go back and change that. I wish I was there. I wish I was present. I wish I noticed that. Are you still here? See, I'm here if you're here. Let me tell you what you can't do. You can't be happy where you're not. You can't serve Jesus where you are not. You can't love people where you are not present. You can hope, you can desire, you can want, you can do all these things. But if you're not present where you are, when you need to be, none of those things can happen. Big moments, sometimes we pay attention to. It's like all oh, the big events. We remember the big things in our life. They're the tent poles of life, right? We can remember this big event. We can remember when COVID started. We don't remember the next, next two years, but we can remember when it started. But sometimes the small moments, we don't pay attention. But the small moments sometimes matter the most. And see, we think they're insignificant. But it's the small moments that we have memories about. The small moment when your child first started to walk. But you were too busy sometimes to, to pay attention. Small moments in your life where you met your significant other. It could have been over coffee. It could have been walking down the street. But small moments. Not life-changing moments, but small moments. And the amazing thing about Jesus is Jesus never rushed through life. He experienced each moment good and bad. Some were horrible. Some were great. Some were horrific somewhere amazing but he experienced every moment because he was present in every moment don't miss what you have now imagining what you want later it's not bad to think about and plan for the future but don't miss what's happening now by imagining what could happen in the future what if when then as jesus walked People were not interruptions or distractions. They were moments and opportunities to be engaged with and show the love of God. Opportunities that we miss. All we have, the reality is all we have is this moment. Tomorrow, even the next second is not guaranteed to us. We assume it is, but it's not. All we have is now. So be present with the person in front of you. And I struggle with that, so I understand that. I'm speaking to myself just as much as I'm speaking to you. But Jesus was always present. If there was a moment, if there was a time that Jesus should have and could have and would have focused on self, it would have been on the cross, right? He was beaten Till the back, his back was in shreds like paper. Blood was gushing down from his head, from the thorns they'd push him. they ripped out his beard. And he was in tremendous pain and suffering. And he was nailed to a cross. Nails between his wrists and his ankles. And, and him for just to breathe to make tremendous, took tremendous effort because he had to push up on his knees. And every time he pushed up, it would pull the nails into his flesh even further just to take one breath excruciating pain but even in that moment 
a dying criminal on the cross next to him said, Lord, take me with you. Pay me attention. And Jesus had a conversation with him. In the most difficult moment of his life, Jesus gave this criminal his full attention and said, today you will be with me in paradise because that was a man, a person that Jesus paid attention to. In the most difficult situation of his life, Jesus gave him full attention. Jesus was fully present. See, as I said before, we can't serve Jesus where we are not. We can't love people where we are not present. We can't be happy where we are not. We can't be a great friend if we're not present. We can't be a great spouse if we're not there. We can't be a great mom or dad if we're not present in the moment. We can't have a good marriage if you're not there. You can't influence people for good if you're not there. If you're not there, you're not there. So this moment is the most important moment of your life. Because now God is speaking to you. Right now, in this moment, are you here? God save the best for now. In your moment right now. He wants to touch your heart. He wants to still your heart. He wants to speak into your spirit. He wants to encourage you. He wants you to know that you are loved and he gives you full attention right now. Not that he doesn't want you to know in the future, but right now, he's here right now. In this moment, his grace is overflowing. In this moment, his mercy is flooding. In this moment, his forgiveness is touching your heart. In this moment, you're experiencing freedom. In this moment, his power is flowing into you. In this moment, you're finding your purpose right now. In this moment, do you sense it? Do you recognize it? Are you engaged with him right now in this moment? Your best moment is now. And you've probably heard messages, the best is yet to come. And it would be greater then, but you'll not experience great then if you don't encounter him now. So let me ask you for the last time. Are you Are you somewhere else? Where are you? Your best moment is now. Let me close with these two questions. Number one, how can you be fully engaged where you are now and where you are present? How can you be where your feet are? What do you have to do to do that? Put your phone down, put your phone in your pocket. Pay attention to the person in front of you. Willfully disconnect from thoughts that might come to distract you. How can you be fully engaged where you are right now? And not just in this moment, but every moment moving forward. The person in front of you matters. And your next moment matters. 
It doesn't mean you can't plan. It doesn't mean you can't engage with things in the future. It doesn't mean that you can't put a schedule. All of that is important. But right now, the person sitting in front of you, standing in front of you, or meeting your child, your spouse, your loved one, they matter just as much. And when you get to your next meeting, you can pay them full attention. When you get to your next encounter, you can pay them full attention. But don't diminish this moment to satisfy your next. Don't take away from this encounter to somehow think that the other one will be better. Because when you get there, you'll be thinking about the next one. So train yourself to experience every moment right now. Because God is with you right now. Number two. Write this down, take away with you, think about it. How do you stop letting distractions take you away from your most important moments? How do you stop letting distractions take you away from your most important moment? Think about it for a second. Meditate on it this week. See where and how you can organize your life to be present in the moment. And continue that prayer if you can. God, help me to walk slowly so I can experience Jesus deeply and love people tremendously. Stand with me. For some of you, let me ask you this question. How are you doing with God? How are you doing with Him? Maybe you've been questioning. Maybe you have questions and you're thinking, I don't feel God's presence. Or maybe you've come here and you're not really following Jesus yet because you haven't committed your life to Him. You haven't surrendered to Him. And maybe this is your moment. This is the opportunity that God is answering your questions and speaking to you right now. This is it. You are not here by accident. God organized and planned everything that you came today and you are here because He's speaking to you right now. He's asking you, will you put your life into my hands and have the best for you? And if you've never acknowledged Jesus as your Savior, you've never had that conversation with Him, with anyone else, maybe this is your moment. Your moment to say, Lord Jesus, I want to follow you for the rest of my life. Because I was once blind, but now I see. I was once sick, but now I'm healed. I was once unloved, but now I'm loved. And so Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. And I commit to following you for the rest of my life. Maybe this is that moment for you. Because he loves you. He cares for you. He listens to you. He'll stop for you. In spite of all the things that are going on, he'll pay you attention. Because that's who he is. He's a God of love and compassion, grace and mercy. 
Nothing that you've ever done is so far bad or so far gone that His love can't reach and His mercy can't forgive. No deed, no action, no words could ever keep Him away from you. All you have to do is say, Lord, I want you to be the Lord of my life. So let every eye close your eyes. Everyone close your eyes. So we're not looking around at people around us. Wherever you are, close your eyes. I'm going to ask you right now, in this moment, are you ready to make that decision? commit your life to Christ because this is him speaking to you right now you've tried it yourself it's been a mess you've tried to organize, you've tried to plan you've tried to orchestrate, you've tried to get out you've tried to get in it hasn't worked but he's here right now so with every eye closed I'm going to ask all of us to repeat these words with us, whether you've said it before or not. Because sometimes we just need people around us to encourage us. So let's all pray together. Heavenly Father, Father Jesus, I come to you. Acknowledge that I've messed up. Acknowledge that I've failed. Acknowledge that I've sinned. But today, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want to give you my life for the rest of my life. I want to make you my king and my authority. Save me and redeem me. And I will commit to following you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hello again. And thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.